Hello there, and welcome along to Planet Sport Football Africa, a passion for sport production where we look at African football, what's happening around the continent, and what African players are doing overseas. I'm Steve Vickers in Harare, Zimbabwe, joined by Solomon Ashams in Nigeria, and by Stuart Weir in the UK. And on this week's show, we look at the exciting news for African football fans that English Premier League champions Leicester City have agreed a deal with CSKA Moscow to sign Nigeria winger Ahmed Musa. Solomon's been talking to fans in Musa's hometown of Jos. Yeah, Ahmed Musa is a great player, and it's a great move that he went to Leicester. Also, with the 2016 Rio Olympics just around the corner, we speak to South Africa and Leeds legend Lucas Radebe about the value of football at the Olympics. You know, give them that opportunity to perform at the highest level. You know, uh, and it's it's great for 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 Africa. It's great for them individually. You know. And Stuart begins a series profiling former FIFA president Sepp Blatter. Although his time at FIFA ended in controversy, Blatter was widely seen as a friend of Africa. The first job he ever had was at a hotel as a bellboy, which he started doing when he was aged only 12. Well, that's all coming up later.、Uh, but we start on a sad note as Ben Coffey, a huge figure in African football, died this week, aged 84. Kofi from Ghana was a highly respected FIFA and CAF coaching instructor who trained many coaches in Ghana, Africa, and around the world. Kofi received national honors for distinguished service to Ghana in 2006 from President Kufour, and as president of the Ghana Football Association, Ben Kofi is best remembered for instituting the five-year development, which is regarded as a foundation for Ghana's resurgence in African football. He's also well known here in Zimbabwe. He coached the Zimbabwe national team from 1998 to 1992, and before that had a spell as technical advisor of the Zimbabwe FA. He was a colourful and outspoken character. When he left Zimbabwe, he famously said that Zimbabwe would never qualify for the African Nations Cup finals, even if they get a coach from the moon, because of the poor administration here. Well, after many coaches, Zimbabwe finally did qualify for the first time in 2004. Well, such a shame to hear of the passing away of Ghana's Ben Kofi, who died at the age of 84. Well, next on Planet Sport Football Africa, to exciting news for African football fans that English Premier League champions Leicester City have agreed a deal with CSKA Moscow to sign Nigeria winger Ahmed Musa. The 23-year-old joined CSKA in 2012. He moves to Leicester for a club record fee. It's yet to be disclosed, but believed to be around about $21 million. Musa reportedly turned down offers from Southampton, Everton, and West Ham. Remember, he scored twice in Nigeria's 3-2 loss to Argentina at the 2014 World Cup finals in Brazil, becoming the first Nigerian to score twice in a World Cup finals match. Well, Solomon is in Nigeria currently, and this week he's been in Jos, the city where Ahmed Musa grew up. And Solomon's been speaking to fans there about Musa's move to Leicester. It's a great move. Ahmed Musa is a great player, and it's a great move that he went to Leicester because、uh, we we in Jos, even we all over the world, his fans, we want to be watching him every weekend, as in weekend, weekend, weekend time, so that we can be watching him. It's a very, very good move. Because I had a、um, Leicester City coach saying that he need a player with speed and creativity, 
and Ahmed Musa is that kind of player, just like um, Mares in Leicester. So they, are, they, they have to work together and make Leicester great. Do you think that is going to improve him as a player? How is that going to improve him as a player? V very well, because English Premier League is the best league in the world. He's the best thing in the world. So you have to he's going to improve him very, very well as a player. And you think when we when we see him play for the Super Eagles, we're gonna see a different player? Yes, I I believe so. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You think Ahmed Musa's move to Leicester City, good move from CSK in Moscow. He's only twenty three years of age and moving there is a good advantage for him? Yo, to my understanding is a welcome development to the young man or to the Nigeria entirely. The reason why I say that is when you see the Premier League, it's more competitive league in the whole world. From there, the fans of Ahmed Musa will have the privilege and opportunity to watch him playing. And is a no competition in Premier League where he can improve his league. There's no lazy player in Premier League. It's where he's going to work hard and will bring best of Ahmed Musa, a super eagle, both in the club level, both in the national assignment, at least in work on development for Nigeria and Ahmed Musa himself. How is that going to inspire other young football players, especially here in just where he grew up? But if you if you want the young man is humble, he work hard. Every time he try to bring the best out of him. So it's going to be a challenge to other people from the grassroots to work hard like him and trying to be humble, to work hard. And finally to you, in January, Leicester tried to get Ahmed Musa. They couldn't get him, but now they finally got him. Good move for him, right? Yeah, from, from my own understanding and from my own belief, believe as a footballer too, it's a very good move to him, and also we Nigerians. That everybody in Nigeria watch Premier League. Then when someone is not in that form of playing, they will say, "We got both the coaches and the fans who can say we are not in a form of playing." But for Leicester City, I see this is a very good idea for them because it's their first experience in Champions League. According to the coach, the coach said, "I need a player with speed and creativity." Then I believe this is a player with that creativity. And how is that going to help him as a player to grow? He's only 23 and also to help him improve his uh, performance with the Super Eagles. Yeah, um, he has more age to play football. And for him to come in one of the best leagues, I would say it's one of the best leagues in the world, for him to come here now to face challenge, then you see players with speed like you, you see players that you can have challenge, yes. If someone like, if so, if, if, let me say, Algeria player can win African football, uh, best player in the Premier League, uh, Premier League, I can do it. So it's for him to show, yes, I can do it, to make that... That and also, if it's a help to Nigeria. It's one of uh, one time skipper in Nigeria here. Then it's a great move for Nigeria. I believe for him to prove himself, make Nigeria uh, to look towards the jaws where he starts his work career. I know if this guy can prove, yes, we still have great player in that state too. Well, that's Solomon speaking to people in Jos, Nigeria, the city where Ahmed Musa grew up. Well, CSKA Moscow coach Leonid Slutsky says that Musa is a player just made for English football. And as one fan said there, the potential partnership between Musa and Riyad Mahrez of Algeria is potentially very, very exciting indeed, as he's such a speedy player. Well, I just can't wait to see Ahmed Musa playing for Leicester. Only five weeks to go now to the start of the English Premier League season. And on WhatsApp and on Facebook this week, tell us how you think Ahmed Musa will do at Leicester. Send us your thoughts to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. Tell us how you think Ahmed Musa will do at Leicester. 
And besides Musa, more good news concerning Africans in the English Premier League, especially for listeners in the Gambia, as Gambian winger Modu Barrow has signed a new three-year deal at Swansea City, keeping him at the club until June 2019. Well, the Rio Olympics are just around the corner. They start in Brazil on the 5th of August, but with the football tournament getting underway a couple of days before the opening ceremony on the 3rd of August. Zimbabwe and South Africa represent the continent in the women's football tournament, and in the men's, the three African teams are Nigeria, South Africa and Algeria. Well, football's been played at all but two editions of the Olympics. For the men's tournament, it's an under-23 competition with three over-age players allowed, the reason being so that it doesn't compete with the FIFA World Cup. Well, Solomon and I were lucky enough to be at the 2012 Olympics in London, and Solomon there met up with South Africa legend Lucas Radebe the big defender who played in the English Premier League for Leeds United for 11 seasons, making 201 appearances, and he played 70 times for the South African national team, winning the Nations Cup in 1996 and captaining Bafana Bafana at the World Cup of 1998 and of 2002. Well, Solomon asked Radebe if he thinks that the Olympic Games really needs football among the many different sports played at the Games. It does. I think uh, the Olympics is a stage where we should develop our game. You know, uh, especially when you look at the the, the, the junior teams. You know, uh, the under twenty threes. You know, those who are great prospects for senior teams. You know, that's where they should could have a stage. You know, give them that opportunity to perform at the highest level. You know, uh, and it's it's great for 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 Africa. It's great for them individually. You know, to make themselves proud. It shows uh, how, how African football has progressed. You know, for us to be able to participate in, in big stages like this, you know, and, and actually go through, go further, uh, at least that, that shows that at least we've grown. We've got players now that can come in after our senior teams have gone because, you know, I think this, this Olympics is supposed to be for, for the upcoming, you know, uh, uh, superstars. You know, uh, and this is where... They make the great. What do you think about the three over age senior players then? Then you're left with uh, eight spots for the under 23. Yeah, but I think I think they should reduce that. I think there should be at least one or two. I mean, three is a lot. You know, I think now the rules have to change a little bit. Even even if they should just do strictly yeah, the under 23s, I think that will be much better. There's an argument that football has a lot of tournaments like the Euro Championship, African Nations Cup, the Copa America. Under-17, under-21, Senior World Cup. Why do we need football at the Olympic Games? Hi, hi. This is one of those tournaments as well <laughs> where, where every sport is represented. You know, and, and yes, it is the right to have football. You know, I mean, you've got, you've got all the other sporting codes. You know, why not football? It's part of, uh, it's part of the game. So that's South Africa and Leeds United legend Lucas Radebe. He thinks that football is a big part of the Olympics. Although, to be honest, uh, I'd say it's only in Africa and in South America where the Olympic football competition is a big deal. Uh, For Europe, definitely there's not much interest in the Olympic football competition. And on the overage players, Radebe saying three slots are too many. Interesting to see that Neymar will feature for Brazil as an overage player in Rio. So Solomon, do you think that the Olympic Games really does need football? 
Well, Steve, I think we definitely need football at the Olympics. If you look at what the Olympic Games is itself, uh, the Olympic Games is supposed to be, you know, coming together of every sport uh, to be able to compete and be able to show friendliness and to be able to uh, showcase different skills. Though there are a lot of other sports that are not inclusive at the moment, uh, football is followed, uh, you know, more than any other sport, you know, in the face of the of the earth. And football uh, also having the FIFA World Cup, which is very, very big, uh, bigger than any other sporting event. Definitely, uh, you know, football has a, a reason to not want to compete at the Olympic Games. But I, I really feel that we, we need football at the Olympic Games. Yes, it can't be as high profile as the FIFA World Cup, but uh, the Olympic football tournament has brought much joy to Africa. I still remember the 1996 men's team gold won by Nigeria. It was celebrated all across the continent, and the same too when Cameroon won in 2000. We'll be building up to the Olympics here on the show. Also, we have some reports coming from Rio, as Planet Sport Football Africa will have a team there. Well, Solomon and I were in Rio two years ago for the FIFA World Cup and we had an opportunity to see some of the sights of what is a truly beautiful city. In this feature, Solomon went with our colleagues Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss to the Christ the Redeemer statue, seen as one of the modern wonders of the world. This is a giant statue of Jesus Christ on top of a mountain with a spectacular view across the city of Rio de Janeiro. Here's how their journey went. Well, uh, Brazil starts to think and make something to show all the world how Catholic we are. And um, what, what we can do to show the world, Brazil is a very, very big uh, Catholic country. And then the government starts to, to think and do something like this. And uh, they made it the Corcovado project. And the project was finished in uh, 1931. Today's the day it's arrived, the day we visit one of Rio's most iconic images, Christ the Redeemer, or Cristo Redentor. It's taken a while, Andy, but we're here. We're about to scale the 710-metre-high Corcovado mountain, which means hunchback. We're going to jump aboard what was Rio's first electronic tram to get to the top to see the statue that looks over the city. We've had a lot of days where we thought about going up. It's always been a bit cloudy, and today, absolute clear blue skies. It's about 20, 29 degrees. We're going to be able to see for, you know, for miles. Be able to, it's going to be a beautiful scenery. I can't wait to get up to the top. I'm absolutely buzzing for this one. And we're also joined by fellow Planet Sport team member Solomon. Solomon, you looking forward to getting to the top? Definitely. I've had so much about it, you know, seen the photos and um, every, everything about it. And just what it represents, you know, the history behind it, you know, how Brazil is obviously a Catholic uh, Christian nation. So I think the history, of, you know, around it is so rich and it's good to see a lot of people here uh, from different nationalities, you know, uh, different jerseys just celebrating the, the World Cup and supporting their team, but just coming here to see a, a bit of this iconic image. What kind of famous people have come up to visit Corcovado? Uh, Michael Jackson, John Paul II, the Pope, um, Bill Clinton. That's our tour guide speaking there. And why do people like to come up? What's so special about it? Well, the view upstairs is incredible. It's uh, one of the highest um, mountains here in Rio. And of course, the statue is very big and beautiful to see this. (laughs) 
We're at the top. We've reached the Cristo Redentor, Christ Redeemer statue, which is a 38-meter-high statue, stone statue of Jesus Christ. Looking out across the city, it's there to bless the city as a reminder of the importance of the Catholic and Christian faith. The statue itself was developed by Hator da Silva Costa and the drawings done by Paul Landowski. Andy, what a view. There's a sea of people here most of them taking selfies one couple just got engaged which is great um but the view all around and the statue itself is quite a sight panoramic views of of rio you look to where we're looking at the moment you've got kind of some kind of like mountains in the background um it's absolutely fantastic i mean it's it's absolutely packed up here you can hardly move you know we've got birds flying above us that's how hard we are we've got kind of just you know (laughs) it's just absolutely crazy and we're looking down towards the beaches Mm. see the maracanar There are people everywhere lying on the floor trying to get the best view of the statue of Christ the Redeemer. Everyone's adopting the pose, hands wide open. You guys, it's amazing. It's an amazing view. It's an amazing statue. What are your opinions of it? Uh, Amazing is uh, not really a good description. I think it's uh, magnificent. This is a dream come true. I mean, one of the seven wonders of the world, and to be able to be here is... It's, it's an eye-capturing moment. Yeah, taking photos is more difficult, yeah. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, more crowded, many people. But the, uh, you know, you know this, uh, it's fantastic. This, uh, it's amazing. We lost Solomon for a minute. It's quite busy up there, but we found him now as we wait for the train back down. Solomon, what were your thoughts? I think it's just amazing. It gives you a glimpse of uh, who God is, basically, you know. It's a very great uh, identity for the city of Rio. And also for Brazil. And a lot of the words that people use to describe it, magnificent, awesome, great, amazing. It's quite hard to to build something which can do those words justice, really. Uh, But that does it, and the subject of what the statue is, it kind of conveys that, and it it can't not bring that kind of emotion out of you, can it? You know, it's just indescribable. Some people come from countries where you don't really get that kind of view, or you don't get, you know, this kind of landscape. So it's, it's, it's just great for them to be here and to just enjoy it. The facial expression is just really uh, something that brings uh, some sort of calmness and peace uh, to people uh, is, is a kind of like facial expression of a father uh, looking down to his children and saying look everything is okay and with the arms wide open he's just saying look you know I'm here with you and you can come to me uh, and that calmness is what you need in a bustling and hustling city like Rio. So that was it the world's largest and most famous art deco sculpture Christ the Redeemer we're now actually just going down to the next level on an escalator of all things Andy I mean I'm still trying to get my head around what a great view that is and also what a fantastic bit of architecture art I mean it's just yeah it's hard to get your head around how they even built the thing um yeah it's all inspiring really Solomon together with Tom Ellis and Andy Bloss at the Christ the Redeemer statue uh, that recorded two years ago at the time of the World Cup. I had a chance to go there myself just a few days later. It was so memorable, a truly incredible view. The statue shows God's love for us and it's an astonishing piece of construction. We'll have more on the city of Rio in the coming weeks as we build up to the Olympic Games. Well, this is Planet Sport Football Africa, brought to you by Passion for Sport. And have you downloaded our new app? If you miss the show, you can listen anytime on the app. To download it, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. Once you get it, you can listen to the show there anytime on demand, including past episodes of the program. So to download, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. 
You can also listen to the show on our website, planetsportfootballafrica.com, and you can follow us on Twitter. The handle is at planetsportfa. Well, still to come on the show, the first part of Stuart's profile of Sepp Blatter, the former FIFA president. But now we turn to WhatsApp and to Facebook. And last week we looked at the draw for the final stage of the 2018 FIFA World Cup qualifiers for Africa. And we heard from fans in Senegal. Well, the Taranga Lions haven't been to the World Cup since 2002 when they reached the quarterfinals. And they're drawn in a group with South Africa, Burkina Faso and Cape Verde. So we asked, can Senegal make it this time? And most of you think, yes, they will be there at the finals in Russia in two years' time. On Facebook, by Malik Totti says the new Liverpool would lead them to Russia. I think that's a reference to striker Sadio Mane, who's just joined Liverpool from Southampton for $44 million. Abli Osise says with that fantastic team at their disposal, the Taranga Lions will go all the way. Abdu Dem Chelsea says they have the quality players to make it. I think they will not let the nation down once again. On to WhatsApp and Asaidu Ba in the Gambia says it's true that Senegal haven't qualified for the World Cup since 2002 when they went out in the quarterfinals, but this time I have a strong sense of hope to see them qualifying, looking at the teams that they're going to play. Desmond Tunde Koka in Sierra Leone says I think they will qualify with the kind of quality players they have and their young, talented boys. It won't be easy looking at the group, but uh, I think that they will make it. By Mata Sanyang in the Gambia says, I have no doubt with their current squad, Senegal can make it. Their players are determined, competitive and hungry for the World Cup. They can make it ahead of Burkina Faso, South Africa and Cape Verde. Nuhu Bakayoko got in touch from Libya. Well, great to hear from you there, Nuhu. He says, why not? Uh, Senegal can make it for sure. And now they're almost strong again like before with the likes of Mane, Kuyate, Mambiram Juf and others. Prince from Guairimpa in Nigeria agrees. Prince says, I think Senegal will qualify with the crop of players they have. Alassana Drame in the Gambia believes the Taranga Lions will not only qualify, but also make good progress at the World Cup finals. Yes, they'll make it, says Alassana, and even go through to the knockout stage in Russia. They've got a very good young squad and a young coach. Duru Chidi Reginald, also in the Gambia, points to the role of coach Aliou Sise. He says, based on their current crop of good players, they can qualify, provided the coach knows where to play them, because placing players at their usual position is a problem in African football. Gemo writes from the United States. He says, with respect to the other teams in Group D, especially Cape Verde, Senegal stands a great chance of making it to the World Cup if they can prove to play together as a team and work hard because they have a lot of talented players. Musa K. Turai in the Gambia says, Wow, what a tough group, but nonetheless, I'm confident that they can get through. They can top the group if they play as a team because they have the players and the quality. So teamwork is a common theme here. Ebrima Amber Barrow is a Gambian living in Palermo in Italy. He says, truly, it's not a tough group for Senegal, really. They have better players than the other teams that they've been drawn against. Surely they will make it to Russia. But on the other hand, Oms K. Baji in the Gambia isn't so sure he tips Burkina Faso to qualify. Modu Lamine Marong, also in the Gambia, agrees. He says, I'm going for Burkina Faso or for Cape Verde to make it through. 
Barnabas Ande in Nigeria thinks it will be tough. He says Senegal need to put up a top, top performance to get anything out of that group. But I'll put my money on giant killers Cape Verde and even South Africa will fancy their chances, says Barnabas. And finally on this topic, Babukar Jaju in the Gambia has good reason to be excited. Oh yes, they can make it, says Babukar. Senegal is my birth country and I have a blood brother who's been selected by coach Aliou Cisse in the squad. His name is Famara Diediou. He's playing for Clermont in France in League Two and won the Best Player of the Season award. Wow, and I hope that he can make it to Russia, says Babukar. Well, that's great news, Babukar. We wish you and your brother Famara every success in the qualifying matches. And finally, on Facebook, Lamine Yusufa Kali comments on the new signings by Liverpool and Tottenham from Southampton. Sadio Mane is a fantastic player. He can fit into any squad in the Premier League, while Victor Wanyama really performed massively well this past season, says Lamine. Good luck to them with both of their new clubs. Well, thanks so much for all of those comments. Always great to hear from you on Facebook and on WhatsApp. And this week we're asking, uh, how do you think Ahmed Musa will do at Leicester City? As he's joined the Premier League champions from CSK in Moscow. How do you think Ahmed Musa will do there as he joins Leicester for a club record fee? Send us a WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. Or go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. And finally, on the show today, we begin a series looking at the life of former FIFA president Sepp Blatter, who was suspended by FIFA last year amid corruption allegations. Well, FIFA's ethics committee banned Blatter and Platini from football for eight years, but to this February, a FIFA appeals committee upheld the suspension but reduced it from eight years to six years. Well, Blatter became FIFA president in 1998, and during his 17-year reign there, there was a huge growth in global football. Despite the controversies that ended his time at FIFA, Blatter was widely seen as a friend of Africa. Well, Stuart has a six-part profile of Sepp Blatter. A new book has just been published, a biography of Sepp Blatter. It is called Sepp Blatter, Mission and Passion. It is written by a Swiss journalist, Thomas Rengli, and so far is only available in German. The book gives a fascinating insight into the man who was at the helm of world football for so many years. But I would also have to say that the whole book is propaganda. The book includes extensive quotation from Blatter and very much gives his side of the story. The author does neither evaluate nor criticize Blatter at all. The book tells us that when Sepp Blatter was born on the 10th of March 1936, he was two months premature and not expected to live. And it adds, but the young man battled for his life and has not stopped fighting ever since. Sepp Blatter grew up in the German-speaking part of Switzerland, but he made a point of learning French as well, and has added other languages throughout his career. One fascinating coincidence is that his successor as FIFA president Gianni Infantino grew up in a town only seven kilometres away from Blatter's home in Switzerland. Now, as a young man, Blatter was a good athlete. He could run the 100 metres in 11.7 seconds and was also a useful amateur footballer. The first job he ever had was at a hotel as a bellboy 
which he started doing when he was aged only 12. When he left school, he went to university, took a degree in politics and economics, and then got his first real job with the Swiss watchmaking company Longines. And incidentally, he negotiated a pay increase before accepting the job. While at Longines, he brokered a deal with Omega for the two rivals to work together for the Olympic Games as Swiss timing. When he was trying to decide what to do with his life, his father told him, you can't expect to make a living out of football. Well, there was one piece of advice that was wrong. His family is very important to him. He speaks to his daughter Corinne every day and telephones his brother Peter two or three times a week. Now, when he was 39, he got his first job at FIFA, and that was in 1975. Now, we'll finish the first part of the story with a quotation from Blatter, which gives you an insight into his thinking. He says, football is a school for life, and the values learnt through football make such a difference in normal life. Values like respect, discipline, fighting spirit, fair play, and teamwork. Well, thanks very much, Stuart. And uh, next week on the show, we take a look at Sepp Blatter's achievements at FIFA. That's it for this week, though. But on Facebook and WhatsApp, we're asking, how do you think Ahmed Musa will do at Leicester City? Send us your thoughts on WhatsApp to plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. That's plus four four seven nine double five two three two seven eight zero. We'll go to our Facebook page, Planet Sport Football Africa. From me, Steve Vickers in Harare, from Solomon Ashams in Nigeria, and Stuart Weir in the UK, thanks a lot for listening, and Planet Sport Football Africa is a passion for sport production.